We're learning this close before Shlomo for Yael Bashayin Dal Eto. We're learning Daf Kuf Hey, and we're in the middle of um, talking about the situation where a sheretz was found in the base of Mikdash, and you're supposed to remove the sheretz. Might be the rabbanim, might be the rabbis. You're supposed to remove it, and the predicament is is that the closest garment, the thing to remove it in, is a garment, the belt of the kohen. But if he does that, he's increasing the tamah. He's making the belt tamah in the base of Mikdash. So that's not really the best thing to do. The best thing to do would be if you had a wooden cleat that's not makabel tamah that happened to be right next to you, and you could just. Uh, remove it with the wooden tongs, that would be great. But the question is, if you would have to go search and look for wooden tongs, what's the better thing to do? Would it be better to just take the belt? I mean, it was time with the belt, but get rid of the rodent? Or would it be better to search for the wooden tongs? So we learned that that was in Machlokas uh, in the Tanan. So then the Gemara introduced to us a rule from Shmuel. The halachas, you're not allowed to bring something tummy into the base of Mikdash. Shmuel taught that that rule does not apply to Asharites because the rule only applies to bringing things in that can have Tahara in the mikvah, that they can be purified in the mikvah. But there's no halacha not to bring things in that don't have purification in the mikvah. That's the, uh, the idea of Shmuel. So initially, the Gemara was trying to say maybe that was the root of the Machlokas here in the Tanan. Um, about taking out the rodent, which is basically how severe is it leaving the rodent around? If it's very severe having the rodent around, uh, if you don't hold like Shmuel, then maybe you have to get rid of it right away, even if that means being matami the belt. Whereas if it's not severe having it around, if you hold like Shmuel, then maybe it's better to look for the wooden tongs. The Gemara was docha that that's not necessarily true. And now today on the top of Kofhei, we're going to look at a different perspective uh, about what is exactly machlok tanam about removing the sharats right away. So Amar Abiyochan Shemek or Echad Darshu, both tanam are looking at the same pasuk. And the pasuk we're looking about here is we know that there was a king of Yehuda, Chizkiah, who was a big tzaddik. His father, Achaz, was not a tzaddik, to put it mildly. And there were a lot of idols that were in the base of Mikdash when he was the king. So when Chizkiah became king, the first rule of order over here was that all the idols and all the things had to be taken out of the base of Mikdash. And the halacha is just to remember that idols can actually, they have the ability to give off Tumah that, uh, because of the, their status of, of Avodah So what do they do? So it says, the Pasuk says, that the Kondim came into the inside of the house of Hashem to purify the house. So they took out all the Tumah that they found in the base of Mikdash, in the Heichal, to the courtyard. And then once they got to the courtyard, to the Azara, it says, the Pasuk says, then the Levim took it, take it outside to the Nachal Kidron. So it sounds like that there was a, um, the Kohanim only took it to the Azara. Once they got to the Azara, then the idols were taken by the Levim and the Levim took it further. So what? So 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 why did they make this switch? So Mar Savar, since the change was made as soon as they got to the Azara to give it from the Kohanim to the Levim, Tumah Azara Leka, we see that having Tumah just in the Azara is not such a bad thing that the Kohen should have Tumah to remove it. In other words, the Kohanim weren't allowed to be metamed themselves to take it out of the Azara. They're only allowed to be metamed themselves to take it out of the Hechel. So we see that if we're taking out things that are in the Azara, when Tumas on Azara, it doesn't, it doesn't, uh, it doesn't override the Isra for the coin to become Tame. And it's better for the Levim to remove it. It's unclear exactly in the Gemara why it's better for a Levi to take it out than a coin. I mean, the issue of someone becoming Tame in the Azara is true both for a coin and a Levi. Perhaps it's more Chamer for a coin, obviously, because the coin would nullify his ability to do the Avoda. And a coin who's Tame can't do the Avoda, the Levi, anyways, isn't doing uh, Avoda. So, one opinion is saying from the fact that we see the Kohanim were only taking it to the Azara, and then once it was taken to the Azara, then the Levim took it out of the Azara, we see that Tuma in the Azara itself is not so severe. Uh, that has to be taken out right away. No, the idea is this where it was impossible for the Levim to remove it because the Levim are not allowed to go inside the structure of the Heichel itself. Then Mafko and the Kohanim took it. But now in the, in the Azar, where it's possible for the Levim to take it out, there was no reason for the Kohanim to do it. So, in other words, the Levim were available to remove the idols, so why not? They should do it. Besides, for more Kohanim who would be metamming themselves for no reason. But in our case, where the Sherrods is going to be in Nazar, if no one removes it, then, then the Rabbanon said that it could be removed 
um, it can be removed from the chatzor. So basically what the Gemara is trying to say is that this is, this is a shayla that we have about removing the, uh, the, this dead rodent from, from the Azara. So the question is learning up from here, right? We see that the Kohanim, more additional Kohanim, weren't matame themselves with the idols. Once they got to the Azara, they were only matame to get out of the Hechel. So one way of looking at it is that, yeah, it's not so severe to have an item that's tummy in the Azara. And, and because of that, it's not so severe. And, um, and, and yeah, that's why it was switched over to Levium. And that's the opinion here uh, in, in our Brisa of, of uh, Rav Shimon. And in our Mishnah, that the rodent is only removed if it was from the Azara, if it was from the Mizbeach and in. But if it was just lying around the Azara, there's really absolutely no need to remove it. And the other opinion says no, that it actually is very bad to have the rodent around in the Azara. There's no question it's bad to have the rodent around in the Azara. And the only reason the idols were switched there from the Kohanim to Levium is because the Levium were able to. But here, in this situation where, where the question is leaving the rodent or not, then there's no question that you would take the... Um, that you would take the road and you would take the road and out. So this now we're going back to explaining the Mishnah. What exactly the machlokas was in the Mishnah about whether if you t- find the rodent, which is muksa, if you remove it only if it's found from the mizbeach and in, or even if it's found in the in the whole azara. The question is whether we have precedent that it's not so severe to have an item of toma and azara from this case of the idols. Anyone can go into the Hechel, the base of Mikdash itself, to build, to make repairs, and to take away something that's coming. But the best thing would be for a Kohen to do that. Because a Kohen, right, there's really a lot in the Torah. You're not supposed to go in for no reason, right? You're not supposed to go into if you don't have a good reason. So it's always better for a Kohen to go in. If there's no Kohen, Levim could go. If there's no Levim, even Yisrael could. But in both cases, if it's a Kohen or Yisrael to horn into Mamlo. It's always better for Tara people to go in than for Tami people. So it would be better to have a Tara Yisrael over a Tami Kohen. That's the, the idea that the Gemara is saying. So the Gemara says, Amar of Huna, Rav Kahana Messiah Kahana. Rav Kahana supports Kohen. Rav Kahana himself was a Kohen. So, so Rav Kahana holds that a Tami Kohen has precedence over a Tara Yisrael. To go, let's say you have to make a repair in the base of Mikdash. It either be done by a Tami Kohen. Or Tari Yisrael, Rav Kahana was a Kohen, he supports using the Kohen. The Tani Rav Kahana, Rav Kahana said, Mitoshin, Amr, it says in the Apostle of, you shouldn't come to the curtain. We're talking about a, a Baumum. A Baumum shouldn't come close to the curtain. He's not allowed to do Avodah. So I would say he can't even go into that place. I would say that a Kohen who has a blemish is not even allowed to go between the Ulam and the Mizbech. Even though it's in the Azar, maybe he's not allowed to go there at all. So, Lassos Rikui Pachim to make, let's say, He's trying to make plates to cover the walls of the, of the Kodesh HaKadoshim. You know, he's going in there not to do that vote. He's going in for another reason. I would say he's not allowed to go to time. Lomar, ach, ach, the Torah says, ach, ach is a qualification that the Pasuk, the Torah is saying that the, the, the Kohen with the Mum, with the Blemish can't go in. It's only to do that vote. But he is allowed to go in to make a repair. So now the Brisa continues. And now we see the order. Mitzvah between the best thing is who should do the repair is it as a, as a Kohen who doesn't have a Mum. In Shem Tumim, if there's no Kohen who doesn't have a Mum, then uh, you could, it could be done by a coin who has a mum mitzvah b'tar. It's always preferable that the coin be tahar. In trouble if there's no tamei person, tahar person echnasin to him, then tamei koanim go. And the brayzer doesn't mention anything about Yisraelim, so we can the gemara takes out like Rav Kahana wanted idvidi koanim in Yisraelim low. It's always better for a coin to go in, even if he's tamei not Yisrael. So a tamei koanim is precedence over a tar Yisrael. So it ends up that we have a machlokas here. What's better, a tar Yisrael or a tamei koanim to make repairs? Uh, inside of the Hechel. Says the Gemara, we have a question. Let's say you have a Tame coin and a coin who's a Baumum. So, which one is better? Right? They both can't do that vote. One's Tame, one's Baumum. Which one is precedence to go fix something in the Hechel? So the Gemara says, The Tame coin should go because his 
his chisaron isn't as bad. He's allowed to do a communal, a communal service, right? That's the halacha. So even though Tommy Cohen can't do regular avoda, he's allowed to do that avoda for carbon sibor. A blemish coin is never allowed to do any of this. We see that the problem of being a blemish coin is greater than the problem of being a tummy coin. Therefore, we would prefer the tummy coin over the blemish coin. Blazer says, No, the coin with the mum should go in because the, the mum is less. The history of Achilles Kachim is allowed to eat Kachim. A tummy coin, not only can he not do that voda, he's also not allowed to eat from Karbanos. Whereas a Balmum, the only restriction he has is against doing the avoda itself, but he is, in fact, allowed to eat from the Karbana. So those are two different views on who's worse and who's better between the blemish coin and the coin Baal Now we go back to Rabbi Shimon's statement, the very cryptic statement from Rabbi Shimon that he made at the end of the Mishnah that doesn't seem to be in context. It seems to be going back on other things. Rabbi Shimon said, Rabbi the Chochamim give a hatter, they're giving you what's really yours. So the Gemara says, Rabbi Shimon, hey, what in the world is he talking about? So the Gemara says, we're going way back to a Mishnah that was mentioned before on Daphnin Beis, Hasim Kai. He's going on the Mishnah on Daphnin Beis. Not Mishnah, someone who was, when Shabbos started, when the darkness overtook him, he was outside the Tchum of where he wanted to go. Let's say he wanted to go in a city. When Shabbos started, he's 2001 Amos away out of the city. Even if it's just by one ama outside of the Tchum limitation, lo yikanis. He's not allowed to enter into the Tchum because he's one. It doesn't make make a difference how close you are, but if you're one ama off, you're one ama off. Rabbi Shimon, Rabbi Shimon says, even if he's 15 amas away from, this, from the from the Trum border, he can go into the city. Why? Because the people who used to measure the city's Trum never measured it fully. Because of the people who made mistakes, would make mistakes. In other words, in order to, to they would like compensate for people who would make mistakes measuring, they always made sure that the it was 15 amas within the 2,000 amma boundary. So now practically, if on a particular scenario, a person is stuck, he's very close, close to the Tchum boundary, but not particularly there. So as long as he's within 15 amos of the boundary, it's actually totally mutter for him to come in because Lamaisa, he's within the Tchum. Very interesting idea. Uh, so he's going on that Tanakama who said that you can't come in. saying you're allowed to go in, meaning to say that, um, and don't think I'm giving you like a big kula. Rabbi Shimon saying, I'm not giving you a big kula, I'm giving him what's rightfully his, right? That, that in other words, it's not a kula, you're allowed to go chutzah trum. The chat is you are inside the trum because when they measure the 2000, they always measure it with a little bit of room for error. So now on a practical level, as long as you're an amr or two outside the 2000 amas, there's no reason why you, why you can't come in. That was the first part of Reb Shimon. Then Reb Shimon made a second point. They were only matu, they were not matu to do daraisas in the base of Mikdash, but only to Rabbanim. We're talking about the rule that we've been talking about on our parak, the theme of Inshvas by Mikdash, that certain rabbinic limitations are waived in the base of Mikdash. And Reb Shimon is saying they're only waived to Rabbanim, not daraisas. Hey, what's he talking about? So Hasman Kai, he was talking about the strings with the harp that they broke inside the base of Mikdash. Remember, we learned in the Tanakhama said that you can tie the broken harp with the regular knot. And, um, and on that, Reb Shimon disagreeing. He says, you can't make a regular knot. Ramale Reb Shimon Onva, you only make a bow, not a regular knot, because we're only matter are things which uh, are not deraisa. So a regular knot, which is a deraisa, is also inside the base of Mikdash. Now, what exactly is going on here? So we're talking about, not that it, not that it was before Shabbos, but, but that it was broke before Shabbos, then even everybody agrees you can't do it, as we said, because it could have been done before. But we're talking about where it snapped on Shabbos. And the Tanakama was saying a, a special hatter that since it broke, uh, since it broke on Shabbos, uh, so you have a hatter now to be Docha Shabbos, even for the Daraisa of time. And Reb Shimon's coming along and saying, no, you don't have such a hatter of Lamaisa, you should only make a bow now. Why? I is unavoidable, broke now on Shabbos. So the Gemara explains, 
why he's only able to make the bonat. Tying a bow, which never brings to a darai, so even if you mamish wanted to be permanent and everything, is, 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 is no matter what you do, a bow is just not a darai, so not. So they were matered in the base of Mikdash. A regular knot, even if you're only making temporarily to after Shabbos, if you make it permanently, it's not matered. So we're saying, even though you can make it in a way it's temporary, it's not exactly being done in a kavua dick away, uh, but still, since it, it, it is a knot, and a knot is something which will come to the Chiv if you made it in a permanent way, so therefore there's that limitation that you shouldn't do it in the base of Mikdash on Shabbos, even though you're doing it in a way that's only through abundance. Rabbi Shimon is arguing in the case where the harp string broke on Shabbos, instead of making a temporary regular knot, you should only make a bow knot.